Hi everyone. Uh, unfortunately, we we recorded this episode before the very sad passing of Rowdy Roddy Piper. Um, obviously, Piper was a complete legend in the business. I don't think anyone can argue with that. Uh, as was clear from the outpouring of support uh, on Raw this past Monday. Um, so our our thoughts go out to Roddy and his his family and friends. Um. He will be missed. He was a true legend in the business. Um, so with that said, let's get into the show. Hello, uh, this is episode 19 of the By God Wrestling Podcast. We are back from a long-term post-WrestleMania hiatus where not very much happened in wrestling. Well, at least in WWE, lots of stuff happened other places, but we are not going to talk about that because it would take forever and ever, apart from that TNA is very close to dead at the minute, which is kind of a shame. Um, with me, as always, is the wrestling mastermind, Colin Barr. Say hello, Colin. Hello. I am, as usual, your host, Chris Lipscomb. Let's get things rolling uh, by talking about Seth Rollins and his very forgettable title reign. This is your argument, that, Colin, that he, he is just a completely forgettable champ. Yeah. It's nothing to do with him. He's been buying on the money with everything he's done. He's had great matches for Ambrose. Reigns or in. But there's been no big storyline for him. There's been no money feud for him. There's, no, there I was, like... There was a Lesnar run, which lasted a few weeks, but then that's finished already, and now... See... Uh, there's nothing to make me care. I really Seth enjoyed this, being beat. I really enjoyed the stuff with Ambrose, <laughs> particularly because when Ambrose won the belt, although it was then, like, Dusty finished away... I was I marked the fuck out when Ambrose beat him because it was clean because it was it's just he hit hits dirty deeds and pins in one two three completely clean and I I marked out so heavily because it was just that was that was elimination chamber right because it yeah because it was two weeks before Money in the Bank yeah and then yeah it, it ultimately it was obvious where that was going to go and yeah it was maybe only like it was. I guess like a three, four week feud. It wasn't a very long running feud because when they were just spacing pay-per-views close together for a little bit. Uh, But even so, I I feel that him and Ambrose have just got great chemistry. Oh yeah. Like I said, there's nothing wrong with the matches at the fact. And there has been good moments on Raw and uh, whatever. But Mm. I'm not emotionally invested in Seth Rollins' title reign at all. He's not really pushing any buttons for me to hate him as a heel and I just I think he's I like him as a wrestler but there's nothing really there I need like the Ambrose feud of last year to get into see my problem I really feel like I care no definitely but I think my real problem is it it doesn't feel like anyone wants the belt no are you like like when Triple H named that Lesnar was going to be his opponent at Battleground like it didn't feel like you should have had people coming out and interrupting Triple H and saying like I deserve a title shot, and that wasn't really happening. And it should have been teased over a couple of weeks, maybe or something like that. Like, well, they were teasing all night that Raw that it was going to be Ambrose, and it was Ambrose wasn't named, and then yeah. Dean did nothing about it. Yeah, but it just kind of felt like it felt like there should have been other people who were. Could you look at? Uh, John Cena, we're going to talk about John Cena in more depth in a minute. If you look at John Cena in the US Open Challenge, like that, you feel that people want the belt. You feel that people really want the US title. 
like and you had the the triple threat the owens rusev cesaro triple threat to see who got to face him like in the next match of the night um and you had that that match and it really made you feel like these these guys want didn't just want like they just wanted the shot at the belt not even like they were willing to go and out all out just to get a shot at Cena for the belt, not even to get the belt. Uh, and it just doesn't feel like the world title picture has that right now. No, uh, that's what I felt the night after Battleground, where you have no basically the night after Battleground, I had no idea what was happening with the world title or who was going to be facing yeah. Rollins for it. Like, normally after a pay per view, you can see, oh, well, this guy can maybe move up. I was thinking or, exactly that. Or Reigns will want a title shot now. Reigns will want that. Or Ambrose will come back and he'll want his shot that he never got yeah. properly back. Or or someone else comes up, and or Cesaro or someone, just, I want my title shot. I want a title shot. I deserve it. Instead, you had Cena come out, which, to me, doesn't really make much sense. Yeah, it so I... Doesn't, I f- it feels like we need a program going into SummerSlam. We'll just put Cena in the title match with yeah, Rollins so, and Aldo. So it feels I I think Cena is his uh, opponent at SummerSlam, but it still that it doesn't feel like that feud is cemented. No, it's kind of it, well. It's obviously started this last week. It kept going this yeah. week and roll with the the main event match, which I hear is a good main event. I haven't seen it, but I hear it's a good main event. Yeah, it's a, it's a decent enough match. Uh, the highlight was Cena getting his nose badly broken. Yeah, and just and then what just kept going, which yeah. is insane to me. I did but, like. Did you see the uh, Kevin Owens interview though, where he? Uh, I think it was taped for SmackDown, so I think it's only released today. Um, but him basically saying, uh, "I got my nose broken in my NXT debut, and none of you made a big deal about it." Yeah, uh, I really like. Oh, that's just. Proper heel tactics from Kevin Owens. Proper heel interview, like, well, why aren't you making a big deal about me? Um, but yeah, like, I like it when there are people who you feel are really coming for the belt, and you feel that there's not just the number one contender, but you feel there's people below them who Goodness, are vying a proper for it. Division. But there's not right now. Like, there's just not. It, the, the US title has a bunch of people kind of scrapping over it, and that's awesome. Uh, Intercontinental title at least has Big Show and Miz, who are both like, oh, he want a shot at Ryback when he's over that staff infection. So that's great. But the W, like the, the, they just can't get anyone there for the World Heavyweight. It's, it just feels very dull. It just feels like there's, there's no one who is the next. I think that's what you should think. You should always think that there's a next guy. Mm. Um, which is what I like about having that, having the pay-per-view, having, what, what is it? Is it? It's not called, no, it's called Fastlane now. In between Royal Rumble and Battleground, uh, and sorry, and Battleground, in between Royal Rumble and WrestleMania, having uh, Fastlane there, and previously No Way Out, which is a much better name, but having that mm. pay-per-view in the middle, because you've got, that storyline coming through from Royal Rumble that you've got the world champions normally defending their belt there and you know who the next guy's going to be because it's the guy who won the Rumble and that's awesome like it's great to know that you've got the next guy I 
I want to know every every time you want to have a sense of oh well it could it either it's going to be X or well, it could be this person this person this person or this person and there's just no one else uh, and WWE are just really really bad at building their top tier at the minute and even if if Cena wins and Cena takes the World Heavyweight Title then who is it after that? That's yeah, that's exactly what my problem is. Even they don't have to be in at the next story, but you, you should be able to see. Well, after this, this person will, be, will move up there, but there there wasn't, and now it, it, it kind of makes me a bit confused why Cena kept the US title if he's going into a world title feud. I suspect he's going to lose it. I suspect it's going to be open challenge, and Rollins cost him the belt. That's what I think is coming, but. It doesn't really make sense to me when you have Cena holding the title now when you have someone like Cesaro and Owens. Yeah. And and, and a feud together, which is a really it's been a good feud so far, but that would be enhanced with the more prestigious US title in it. Oh yeah, for sure. To me, and that would make make much more sense well, as Cena holding on the title yeah. and then doing nothing with that title really. I suspect Cesaro or Owens are going to take it off him. I would expect that probably would be Owens. Yeah, I, because I, I feel that Owens can come out, say, hey, look, I tapped at Battleground because I didn't want to hurt my body. Not because I thought you, not because I had you beat, not because I gave up. Uh, sorry, not because you had me beat, not because I, I just gave up and couldn't take anymore. It's because I didn't want you to hurt my body. Like, I want to be able to keep fighting another day. Which is what he said in an interview afterwards, but he didn't make a big deal out of it, which was weird because it was a great heel promo of him basically saying, I want to care for my, his true, typical, like, I want to be able to provide for my family. If I stay in the STF, I'm going to get hurt, so I might as well just tap. Mm. Um, so I suspect it's going to be Owens coming out and doing something along those lines, like, hey, I tapped the battleground, but I want another go, and you've got the open challenge. Uh, which I would be fine with. I'm fine with that. And then he goes and feuds with Cesaro for a bit. Um, that sounds pretty good to me. Yeah. I just wish the world title had a proper feud that I could be emotionally invested in. But there's yeah. nothing. But when, okay, when, you so, had, when you have a title reign, you should kind of see something at the end. Well, the thing as well, right, is when it was Brock last year and Cena before that, etc., you you knew that Rollins had the money in the bank and you felt like he was a threat. Even to Lesnar, because he had the authority behind him, you felt like he was still a threat. And that is always a great thing with the World Heavyweight title, having that money in the bank there. Because it gives you that just that little bit of tension that's just always there because you don't know when it's going to happen. And Sheamus doesn't have that at all. No. I, I don't feel Sheamus is a legitimate threat to Seth Rollins or to Cena or to if Lesnar comes back after he has the take of fight at, uh, at SummerSlam. Like, I don't feel that Sheamus is a threat to any of those guys at all, even a little bit. So what do I like that? That is just really, def- it's the same as when Sandow had it. You didn't really feel that Sandow was a f- like, I liked Damien Sandow, but he never felt he was a threat to Cena or any world heavyweight champion, you know? Mm. Um, but as we kind of we have kind of moved on to John Cena a bit, we want to talk about the, the John Cena Kevin Owens feud, uh, which has been fabulous. Like these, uh, I mean, 
the conclusion at Battleground was disappointing to have Owens tap in the rubber match. Even though he explained it nicely, it was still like, I just want, just give him the belt. Give it to him. But, nope. But The, the thing is that the bother me was they had their final match. Owens kicked out of a top rope attitude adjustment. Yeah. The, the match is. I love also. I love the look on Cena's face when he kicks out. Yeah. The look on Cena's face when he kicks out of top rope attitude adjustment is like, I do, I don't, I don't know. I I have nothing else. <laughs> uh, which is, I don't think it's a look we've ever seen from Cena of just like, I have no moves left. <laughs> which that's what I really liked. This is like, well, that was. That was the final option, and it didn't work. Uh, and you just feel the STF. He kind of looked the STF in a, well, I guess I might as well, kind of way. But, but it, yeah, that was. It didn't uh, make sense to me for Owens to kick out of that, and Cena to look as bemused as you said, as it did, and then have Owens lose. You, and then like, the announcers don't put over how tough Owens looks yeah, cause before that's, makes on Raw. Yeah. Nobody put Owens over after that match. Because yeah, you, you, the next tried to hype how much Owens had stuck in with Cena. You expect Michael Cole to be going, I remember JBL, like Kevin Owens survived a top row attitude adjustment at Battleground. Like this is a guy who can go. Uh, but no, because he tapped out, he just they like, Oh, you tapped out, so fuck you. Mm. Like it, tapping out is the ultimate sin in uh, in WWE. Whereas I I would love it if more people tapped out for the same reason they tap out in UFC, which is basically the reason that Kevin Owens gave, which is if I don't tap out, I'm gonna get injured. And I'd be fine with that. I'd be fine with guys tapping immediately to stuff. So like, if I don't tap, he's gonna cause me an injury. Uh, and obviously you can, you maybe need a new people to get new submissions if you're going to do that, because you can't kind of suddenly switch existing submissions. But it, even so, I just, I would like, I would really like that just for people to tap out because it's, it's to save themselves rather than, oh, I tapped out because I gave up, you know. That would involve a big change of focus from how WWE is now. Yes, Which is what some people have seen been complaining about is, that every pay-per-view, you know, a finisher isn't going to be finishing the match. No. Every, almost every reasonable match on a pay-per-view will take at least two finishers to finish the, to end the match. Mm. Which, for me, I, I enjoy, when it's a, a match I'm most really invested in, fine, perfect. When it, I'm something I'm not really that bothered about, Yeah, it, it does great on me because... But, but it, nothing, everything looks a bit weaker. Absolutely. To me. And then when someone like walks in a submission move, it's just like, eh, well, he'll get to the ropes. Yeah. Exactly. I, I, don't know, I don't know if it's WWE's changed or if I'm just becoming a bit more cynical and as I'm watching more wrestling, but it's like, oh, well, he'll get to the ropes. I yeah, don't, I, exactly. I'm, not, I'm not really getting involved in the drama anymore. That's the and thing, it's like you know the first yeah, exactly you know the first time you lock it in, they're gonna get to the ropes. And then maybe yeah. the second time, that's it. Maybe the second time they're going to drag them back into the center of the ring. But yeah. yeah, it's incredibly annoying. 
Well, why, um, why, like, Seth Rollins, why, how, why did he have to kick out of, like, one or two F5s? Yeah, I would, do you know what I'd rather see? I would rather see um, people countering stuff, because countering is awesome, because it it really sells that these moves are dangerous, that these are, like, these are moves that end a match, because that's, you, you have to get out of the way, otherwise you're done. Um and that's something that New Japan kind of does well is that finishes get protected in New Japan. Like people don't kick out the Stars Clash, people don't kick out of the Rainmaker. It just does not happen. And then when someone finally does it, like remember we the the Austin Rock match at WrestleMania 18, where they like they kick out the finishes, and that's a big deal because they did. Um, and now it's just it's so bog standard that there's no tension fucking it's not even as if it's on a pay-per-view it's just on raw it's on raw yeah but did you see like um might have been on battleground where john cena hits oh man that might be in a raw actually but john cena hits the you know the top road top rope leg drop mm-hmm. it hits that and jbl legitimately said on co- on commentary how many people do you see kick out of that everyone. everyone every i don't think he's ever got an pinfall off that like no. literally everyone and that's the other thing they need to realize is you don't have to hit a finisher to end the match i know the wwe style is to have guys with limited move sets but they don't have to fit, hit their finisher to end every single match no uh, to me i would like that spontaneity come back i'd like i don't know how this will end that'll be nice because mm. at the moment i'm watching and i'm enjoying the, the good matches i'm enjoying seeing Owens. But I know what's going to finish the match. And I know that when John Cena hits two A's in a pay-per-view match, it's probably not going to finish it. Yeah. And it should. But I I totally think that's a great point. You should count on as a far more better way of protecting the finish. Yeah, exactly. I think even Austin brought this up with Heyman on the podcast a few months ago on the network. He was specifically talking about the DDT. Like, everyone's using this move now. It means nothing. Yeah. And Heyman made the point that you can make any move seem devastating if you protect it. Yeah. You just, you just, that's all you have to do is protect it. And then it, it looks awesome. But I think what's happened is that what we we knew have been praising is like the NXT style, the indie style. And I feel like that's coming into WWE now. Yeah, but a lot of the indie style isn't isn't at the quality of psychology, I would say. Yeah, that WWE is, and I think we're seeing a lot of that coming into WWE now. But it's an it's a really enjoyable match, it's a fantastic match. But you're not getting the same psychology as you once were. No, not at all. But when Shawn Michaels Undertaker when he hits the first switch of music and Undertaker kicks out, it's a big deal. Yeah, exactly. It does that now, you're expecting that. Yeah. But I also think, like, I actually think the indies probably do a better job of preserving finishes than WWE does because on the indies, guys have more, they have more signatures that they hit in a match. And so you can still have impressive spots where guys are hitting their signatures and people are kicking out of those. And then they hit their finish and that is their finish. Like, that's it. Um, I, and, you definitely get spot fest, so for sure. You you get a lot more spot fest, but I would agree with you. Like some of the indie stuff I've watched on YouTube and stuff recently, I've been 
absolutely fantastic. And what they do, but, what they do is because the problem with WWE is they like guys to have super limited move sets, and if you have super limited move sets, it's hard to pull off awesome looking spots that people pull uh, kick out of that aren't just their finisher. Whereas you look at Seth Rollins, and Seth Rollins is actually pulling off awesome spots, like he superplex into a Falcon Arrow in the Raw main event. It's fucking nuts. And that's a great, great spot. And Cena kicking out of that, like, if Cena doesn't kick out of everyone's finishes, Cena kicking out of that move feels like an awesome, huge deal because that's a really impactful-looking move and you get a cool move that gets over to the crowd without it just being their finisher again. Mm. The, I, I know I've just I've slated the end of Cena Owens a bit, but, but that's what Kevin Owens has been doing recently. Kevin Owens, you don't know you don't know what he's going to do next, but thi- it's going to be impactful, and it doesn't have to be his finish. The thi- the thing is with Kevin Owens, and this is something that Rollins has as well, um, and definitely guys in NXT have this, and I think Neville has it to an extent as well. Is you have a core move set, which is what WWE super wants. They want people to have a really core move set, but then you have little bits branching off it that you use occasionally. You don't use all of them in one... Well, you don't use them in the TV match, you might in a pay-per-view. But you have little bits and pieces that you can throw into matches around your core move set that make people go, ah, oh, awesome. Like, this is not just the same match over and over again. Because they're just throwing in... And all people are doing is the same, same core, like, five or six moves, but with other bits thrown into the match as well. So they've still got that core identity of who they are, but they have other shit that they hit as well. Like Owens hits the um the package power bomb, which looks really cool, but he doesn't hit it that often. Um, and that's kind of just here's a thing I can do occasionally that's nice. And I think if you give guys I think the way to say it is if you give guys a big variety of signatures, then that's gonna look awesome. Like Cena doesn't have to hit the stunner. I and to be fair, Cena doesn't hit every match, but Cena starting to hit stunners so frequently that it's already lost all value. Like yep. a, a move he introduced at WrestleMania is already losing value. Like no, he doesn't need to hit it every time. He needs to, he needs to hit it maybe once every five to ten matches, and give him ten other simple things he can hit that fit his style that aren't just the exact same John Cena moves. Because then it looks cool that he's got this other shit in there as well, and you at least are getting some variety in how the match looks. Mm. Cena has been doing that a lot more recently. I've also seen that about him as well. Yeah. Part of, the, part of the Owens feud. But I totally agree with you. And when someone does hit that move, it's just a little bit special. Yeah. Like when Rollins goes for the Phoenix Splash. You know, you it's, think, you know it's a big oh, match. You know it's yeah. a big match if he goes for the Phoenix Splash. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And that's. And I will say that. But we are both saying as well, like um, Owens kicking out of the top row pay A feels impactful which shows that WWE does know how to protect moves they just only know how to protect super finishes mm-hmm. they no longer know how to protect finishes but they can protect a super finisher perfectly and that mm-hmm. that genuinely felt like a big deal Owens kicking out of that uh, but they just need to learn that you don't have to only pre- because most people don't have super finishes like what is what is Seth Rollins super finisher you hit the pedigree on the table, I guess. Like, that's not... For me, that's not the same thing. Like, he needs to have some move that he busts out super rarely. Um, 
Like, I know I don't want him using the curb stomp for all the reasons they've listed, which is the... But, like, maybe have him hit it once a year. Have him hit the curb stomp once a year. And have have Triple H give him shit over hitting it as well. Mm. But have him hit it once a year, because it'll look cool if he hits it once a year. And you'll be like, oh, shit, he hit the curb stomp, that's it. Like, that's... You need to give people that. You need to give people that move that, again, is something they use rarely and feels awesome because they're not using it all the time. That's just what I, I kind of think. Like, give people super rare... Like, have you seen Tyson Kidd's Dungeon Lock? No. It's, like, it's fucking mental. It's kind of... I'll, sh- I'll see if I can find a video of, uh, of it for you later, but it's... Imagine if you went to lock a sharpshooter in, mm-hmm. kind of got it half locked in, then uh, went to the mat and then kind of locked an armbar in at the same time. Okay. And it looks, okay. it looks fucking crazy. And you're like, ah, oh, yep, yeah, I tap. I win 100% <laughs> tap. That looks horrible. Uh, and I'll see, I'll see if I can find a video of that for you later. But it's, yeah, shit like, if you've got things like that where it's just super rare variations of moves. Yeah. That looks awesome. That looks so cool. Have them do that. Uh, I I kind of like that. Actually, I tell you this as well. Cesaro. Cesaro does not hit the neutralizer in every single match now, and so when he yeah. hits the neutralizer, you're like, "Cool, that's done." Like he hits the neutralizer, you're like, "Yup, that's the finish." Then, and mm-hmm. and then when people do kick out of it, it'll feel like a big deal because he's not using it every single time because he's got the swing and he's got the sharpshooter and he'll just beat the crap out of you of uppercuts. And because the dude actually knows how to wrestle, he is great that he knows how, because he spent so much time in the indies. And I think that is what we are starting to see slightly, is that guys spent so much time on the indies that they know how to throw together different styles of match. And I am super behind that. Um, but talking of Cesaro, Cesaro's push has been great. Like, he was doing nothing. Oh, he's doing well in the tag division. With Tyson Kidd. And then unfortunately Samoa Joe injured Tyson Kidd. Not for a sloppy move, not for anything like that. Like everyone uh, like, well, not everyone, but a lot of people seem to be blaming Samoa Joe for it. But it's not. It's not his fault. Like no, it was a freak accident. Yeah, it's oh, just, just a normal move, but Because the thing is when you look at the muscle buster, it's it's actually not a dangerous move. It like um people like Styles and Christopher Daniels have called it tight. It definitely looks tight. Like it's it's a tight spot. But when you when you actually hit the mat, it's just a back bump. Like you hit the mat as a back bump. That's not dangerous. And it just happened to be that kid's neck was in a was in a situation where it was going to break anyway. Like someone was going to break it at some point. And it just it was unfortunately Samoa Joe. But um, well, I mean, everyone's glad kid survived and he seems to be doing well and. Maybe he's never going to be the wrestler again, but I think he'll be a great trainer or a manager. Like, have him come in as Cesaro's manager would be awesome. Uh, but Cesaro kind of floundered a little bit after that. And then they seem to give him to Cena to be in the US Open Challenge and just tore the house down. You don't really expect much else from Cesaro, do you? No, but... He, he's he, going to ace it every time you get those, him a chance. But those matches are just... Out of this world. Those Cena matches and then the triple threat. Yeah, the triple threat is great. Did you see, even did you see like him versus Rusev on SmackDown? 
Yeah. Where he's like brilliant. the second person ever to get a clean pin on Rusev. Yeah. Um, uh, and the celebration where he just jumps into the crowd is great. And that's what he needs <laughs> because that is, that is the, uh, as we learned on the um, Stone Cold podcast, that is the Vince's McMahon criticism is that Cesaro doesn't connect. And like him jumping into the crowd felt like a huge fuck you. Mm. Like, you don't think I connect here. I also did you see his brass ring taunt? No. Where, I didn't see that. So did you see where he gives Cena the middle finger? Like Yes. It's not the middle finger, it's his ring finger. Alright. Um yeah. which I thought was just that's just a nice little that's a nice jab as well. Mm. Um that's just it, you don't notice it unless you if you really look at it if you really look at it, and it did get cut from some of the broadcasts. But if you look at it, is he's actually just flipping him off with his ring finger instead of his middle finger. And I was like, yeah, that's that's a nice touch. That's a nice fuck you to Vince. But yeah, he's he really is. He's getting over with the crowd. So he was he was reasonably over, but he is so over with the crowd now. It's nuts. Um, and the I know it's a shitty six man tag, but that six man tag main event on Raw that was actually a cool mate. It was actually a cool main event because it was slightly different to your normal super formulaic main event, and it it worked like his he worked well in that match with um cena and orton he looked good he got the cool swing in the finish and like into the slingshot so orton could hit the rko um and it also like teaming him with orton and cena kind of feels like you're cementing him as like he was a top face like this these are the guys we think he can hang with is what that felt like to me and I'm very on board if that's what they feel. Uh, but also referencing that match, did you see? Have you seen that six man tag? It was it was the end of Raw after Battleground, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> where where Rusev Rusev super uh, sorry uh, Owen super kicking Rusev and John Cena just going, I'm actually okay with that. <laughs> that's just a great. That's just a, a brilliant moment because it's just like. Orton and Cena in the corner, and you see Owen super kicks him, and Orton and Cena just crack up because I don't <laughs> think they're expecting the spot. Uh, that's just that was a beautiful moment. But are you? I, I something we weren't going to talk about actually. We'll I mentioned it briefly. Orton, when Orton doesn't have a real storyline, is the best version of Orton because he basically knows he's unfireable, so he just <laughs> fucks about and has fun. And it's so cool. Yeah, he's great. Anything where Orton can show a lot about personality. Yeah, it's because yeah, because he's not been giving any direction. He's just giving his real personality, which is clearly that he doesn't give a fuck, and yeah. he's just having a good time. And he's just like, "You're not going to fire me. I'm like a senior guy in. I'm one of your top guys, basically. Unless I breach the wellness policy, you're never going to fire me. And you didn't fire me when I did that. So." <laughs> Uh, and yeah, he's oh, he's so much fun. He's so much fun to watch, and I hope they don't just randomly turn him heel again because he is becoming a bit big show like. In that they just like we can just flip flop him, right? It'll be fine. No one cares. <laughs> but yeah, going back to Cesaro, like where do you see him going? Do we see him winning, getting into a, a US title feud with Owens if Owens picks up at some point soon? Yeah, I would imagine so. Um, I, I love the Cesaro push. I'll, I'll, like fan of Cesaro, but 
I don't. I still feel like they view him as the guy that can just put him anywhere in the card and he'll do fine. I don't think they see him going to the main event yet. I think it'll still take him another couple of years. Mm. But the mid card title picture definitely. The thing is, and... I, I, the thing is, I think if they package him right, he he can easily be a top face or top heel. They just need to repackage him very slightly. Have you seen him? On the stuff that he did on tough, uh, on tough enough. No, I don't watch this. Yeah, I don't. Watch, I don't watch tough it's, enough. But it was. It's really bad, isn't it? Oh uh, yeah, it's terrible. But oh. like, I watched. I watched the clips of it that turn up on like YouTube on the WWE YouTube. Yeah. And uh, Cesaro was basically in a suit, in sunglasses, and then literally ziplined in to meet the contestants, and he looked like a fucking Bond villain. He looked amazing. <laughs> I was just thinking, that's it. Just put him in a suit like that. Put him in a super crisp tailored suit and just have him come out. Uh, and I can definitely see him working some kind of heel gimmick like that. Just looking incredibly suave. We spoke about this before. And I think it was the WWE 2K15 trailer mm. where there was a shot of him in the back of a limousine at night. Yes. And a suit. Yeah. And he was like the most sailor suave man yeah. in the world. And I just imagine that's how he looks when he's just not wrestling. Yeah. He's not wrestling, he's just permanently in a perfect suit. Like this perfectly pressed suit. Give him something like that. Give him kind of like a, almost like a Ric Flair kind of gimmick. Um, like a whining, dining, like high, high-end socialite kind of guy. Give, it, give him that gimmick and I think people would love to hate him. And it would be brilliant. And I would watch the fuck out of it. I don't see him as a heel at the moment but no i don't, I don't see him now but i can see him like i can see him if you package him with that gimmick i can see him getting like like real heat and getting into a top heel kind of spot oh. I, the only problem i still have with cesaro is his make work yeah but this is the other thing i'm thinking about like, remember but if he gets a gimmick that he's yeah into yeah it's just, if if you let Cesaro be himself and you add a little bits in, like he's got the European style, he's smarmy, yeah. or he's he just knows he's how good he is. I think that that will definitely because at the moment he is just essentially he's just a guy. Yeah, but, but he's a really good wrestler. He's a, but just he's just a guy. But like, remember when he was a Paul Heyman guy, right? Yes, for that. Which was, which yeah, which was not a great run. But no. imagine that entire run if instead of Cesaro constantly in wrestling gear for some reason, if when he's not actually in a match, if Cesaro is in just an immaculate suit and uh and Paul Heyman is putting him over, I just think it works so much better because it makes it look like Cesaro has just basically hired it makes it like Paul Heyman has not picked him, more like Cesaro has hired a guy to speak for him because he doesn't need to bother with speaking. And I would be very on board with that. And I just, yeah, I think there's ways to push Cesaro in different directions to what they're currently doing with him. Uh, But I can also very much see him keep his face run going and give him uh, Daniel Bryan from WrestleMania 30. Give him that run. Yep. Give, Uh... give, Give him the basic B plus player treatment. And I could see that really working. I, I can see it as well, and I think this is a perfect fit for him at Owens. 
yeah. two guys who are phenomenal in the ring, and they're both at both at kind of the same level. Uh, the, like the past few weeks, are at the kind of the same level where they're in the mid card, but they're up there. They can both hang with the top guys, and if I can't see how WWE can screw that feud up when the two guys in it are so naturally paired and so talented. Mm. It, it can only be good for both of them, and I think you get adding a title to that as. It's logical to me, and it does. It, it would only help them both because Cena's restored quite a lot of prestige to that title. Yeah, he really has. Uh, uh, but you've, I think the reason he's restored prestige to it is he has the open challenge, and I kind of feel you need to keep the open challenge going in some format, which is kind of why I don't necessarily want it to go onto Owens. So I don't think Owens will, or I think you can give it onto Owens and have Cesaro kind of come in and say you should be doing the open challenge john cena started a great thing because it doesn't work for a heel to be doing open challenge but if cesaro comes in and challenges him about not doing it i think that can really work because they've, they've already got a rivalry going but i think that kind of would kick it up a notch as well and give cesaro a reason that he doesn't just want to beat owens but he wants the title to bring back the open championship to bring back like this is one of the great things about America and this is why I'm here rather than Switzerland or something like that, you know. You can do something along those lines and it really works for me. And I would I would be very excited to see that. Cesaro is perfect in every way apart from that just little bit extra that just pushes him up the card. Yeah, which is why... It which... is just a bit of aesthetics, it's a bit of personality and if you have someone like Paul Heyman who Paul Heyman didn't do anything for Cesaro because he wasn't focused on Cesaro. Though, no, I think. he's just talking about Lesnar all the time. Yeah, if you give someone with Cesaro who is only focused on Cesaro... Yeah, and absolutely. Has, well, nobody's got the talent of Paul Heyman, but someone who can talk... and Tyson Kidd. Push him over. If, if Tyson I, Kidd can't wrestle... Tyson Kidd can't talk either. I think Tyson Kidd can talk. I think Tyson Kidd... Tyson Kidd is better than Cesaro. I wouldn't argue that, but I don't... Try, who, what manager could you put with Cesaro that isn't Paul Heyman? There's no other managers. There's no one else. No one else is in WWE. God, even someone outside WWE could, could come in. Oh, God. Uh... If it was Heyman, that is perfect. As long as Brock isn't in WWE. Yeah, that's that kind of works. But um... anyway can't think of anyone else, but they need something else just to push him up a bit. They need someone who is like, oh, I would I, he wasn't great on the mic, but I know Dean Malenko is still with the company. But you need... <laughs> no, that's, that's totally the wrong way to go but, with but, that. But no, but I'm kind of thinking like, you need someone who is a great technical wrestler who can, who can talk, talk Cesaro up in the same kind of way talk about how Cesaro is like this great technical guy William Regal I know William Regal is busy in NXT I would not want to see him go from NXT but William Regal William Regal with Cesaro would be awesome would be because the only problem is with a manager is you kind of need for it to work to be heel yeah and I don't want Cesaro to be heel yet no you don't get a lot of face managers but I also think kind of his have you seen his backstage interviews where he, he talks about how um, silent, uh, how talking is silver but silence is golden and how he just gets it all done in the ring? 
Mm. Like that kind of works. Like he, he, it kind of almost gives him like a UFC esque gimmick that he's like, I don't need to talk. I just go out there and get the job done. And I'm kind of on board with that. I'm kind of get behind that. I think he might find it slightly hard to connect at first, but I think if you keep plying away at that, you can really connect. I tell you what else I'm I'm really into at the minute though is the New Day. The New Day after their heel turn are the best tag team in WWE and are probably better than when the Usos were on top form. Even like as heels, they are just amazing, right? Yeah. They're just We hated them so much as I hated them as well. They were it, shit. It, it was blatantly obvious what they needed to turn heel. Or and break the, th- up. the thing is, they haven't changed the gimmick. It's exactly the same gimmick with just a, a tiny heel turn on it. And, and it's kind of self-aware. Perfect. And it's it great. is perfect. Man, is it good. Like, everything. Everything. And it's it's one of those, it's the old um, attitude era thing that, like, the best wrestlers are just themselves turn up to 11. And this clearly is these guys just turned up. It's, it's clearly just them. Because these guys, when you see these guys in stuff like, um, like up, up, down, down, or swerved, like where you see him just backstage out of character, these guys are just buddies, and so this is just them dicking about and being friends. Yeah. Um. And also, I think to me, it's really obvious that before every time they go out, they have a bet about who can do the most ridiculous thing. <laughs> It's there's something like that going on backstage, right? They're just like, but, all right, who who can do the most? Who can just do the most over the top, absolutely mental thing? Uh, Kofi's clapping underneath the world's greatest dad sign <laughs> on Raw was absolutely out of this world. Uh, Xavier Woods, like on the outside, they're in cackling at battleground was amazing. And just heckling. You, that's the thing. You don't. You see. You see managers like supporting their guys. Often you don't often see them heckling the other team. And just in Xavier Woods actively heckling the prime time players was amazing because you don't fit that. That felt to me like that wasn't all in character. That hmm. just felt like he was giving them shit. Like, <laughs> did you hear the worst leg drop ever? Um, he just shouts that at Titus O'Neil after Titus O'Neil hits his... And it was a really sloppy leg drop. <laughs> uh. and, my, and also Michael Cogan, so that guy ever shut up and say if he was just shouting back, no. <laughs> it's brilliant because... It's just you amazing. Can just, it's just amazing. You can tell they're just enjoying themselves. Yeah, that's and you it. Could, you could tell when they were faces, they weren't enjoying themselves. No, and they, this gimmick is now perfect. Um, yeah. it just, it's every... Everything they do, everything they do is exactly right. It, they they are just they live this gimmick perfectly. Like um, Big Big E, you're in the ring going, "This is me reaping." Like, what the fuck are you doing? This is amazing. Oh, and yeah, their backstage interviews are great. Um, I think at first they were a little bit. They, when they had the heel turn, they're a little bit too classic heel. And yeah. now they've turned it. They again. It's just it's really tiny modifications. And now they've got it right. Like now it's perfect. Now it is absolutely. I can't see how you can improve it now. It's so entertaining. I absolutely yeah. love it. Uh, yeah. The 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 they're funny and but I still this still have that bit of hate for them. No, because, is, because it, you it's, want. 
it's because they're completely arse, they're complete arseholes, yeah. but they're hilarious arseholes, so it's kind yeah. of more acceptable. It's because they've got like uh it's because all their in ring tactics are like classic heel tactics. But it's all the stuff they do out of the ring is just it's so ridiculous that they would if if this had like if what they're doing now had been their gimmick while they were faces, it wouldn't have worked. Like if if they taken the same gimmick in the same way as faces, it wouldn't have worked. But because they're heels, you can hate them for being just ridiculous dicks, and it really works. My favorite part of the past few months is where they did the the twin magic, but <laughs> Kofi Kingston. Yeah, that's amazing. Wood. You're like, <laughs> how was that? What the only thing that did make me think was the uh, the referee was a tiny bit racist. That's what I was thinking. WWE just hires a lot of racists now. Basically. Yeah, it's just, yeah. These, these guys are black. Yeah, they must be the same guy. I'm counting here. Yeah, it's just that. Yeah, that was it's a little bit so stupid things like that. But then you've got to think like, oh, that's a bit, that's a bit edgy. But well, I, I, not I, I, edgy, I, I, but that's just a bit dodgy thing to do. As a black, the referee can't tell the difference. What I like to see viewers getting out of the ring and then just the look of did they really get away with that on his face? <laughs> And Kofi's like, what the hell just happened? Yeah, it's great. Yeah. They're just they're brilliant. They are. Just everything about them is amazing. And I just I, it's like demanding to defend the titles under Freebird rules yeah. and shit like that. They're just they're brilliant. And I think the the current field of primetime players is great as well. Because um uh Darren Young, he's he's good but not great. I think he works a lot better with Titus O'Neill. Oh yeah, Darren Young and his own is yeah. No, there's not really much point in them. But Titus O'Neil is amazing. He's absolutely the star of that team. I've loved him for years. Yeah, I mean he's in ring work. It's not. It's not great, but he has got like the thing is that he does. There there isn't actually anyone else in WWE who is like this right now. He is such a classic big guy. Like Mm. there is no one else who is just the real classic just manhandling people like no one else is doing it in that same way with with a possible exception of Brock Lesnar like mm. no one else is just slinging guys around the ring like they're ragdolls even guys like Ryback aren't doing that it, their moveset is more like big impact moves but he is just tossing guys around the ring like it's fucking nothing like they're just a sack of sugar to him uh, well, and it's, he a, has, it's brilliant but him has, on the mic yeah so it, much charisma he is gold on the mic did you the raw uh i think maybe it was the raw before battleground where he took issue with jbl's commentary and just shut jbl down and commentated <laughs> the match instead of him yes that was that was amazing that yeah was... yeah i think he did it last week he did it as well yeah because he yeah, just, it's just i love him it's he's because he won't take shit from anyone i wish Titus o'neill hadn't played football i think it was like 32 33 when actual started wrestling yeah if he had been ten years younger, but he's not the best wrestler because he's obviously he's he's and he started in later years, so it's not completely natural yeah. to him. But if he had started ten years younger, I think he would be, it could be up there for a world champion because he's got the charisma, he's got the look, and if it, he's not bad in the ring, but if he had if it was more natural to him. But I also think if they said to him, if you improve your in ring work, we'll give you a, a like we would consider you for a world title run. You think he's? Got, I think he's got the talent to do it. I, I don't. I don't think that's to say that he is unmotivated at the minute. But I oh. think more if they said to him, "Look, we'll give you the time to like tweak your move set, 
then I think he would he would really I think he could do it. Um because I think he definitely has got the capability to be a world champion. The only downside to that being is he would have to split up with Darren Young and then I would be sad. I wouldn't be too worried about it because I'm not the biggest Darren Young fan. He's not really doesn't really do but, anything for me. But the downside is then he wouldn't be able to do the millions of dollars dance. I could do it on his own. Uh, I would be shit on his own. You could have another yep. guy with you. Does it doesn't work on his own. Um I also think as well he what's great with him is he is one of the most um I think kind of John Cena-esque in that he just does so it seems to do just infinite charity work. Mm. Like if you follow him on Instagram, it's like on the day of at Raw and he's done like three charity events in the day. Uh like and and normally with Darren Young as well. And it's just crazy the amount of stuff they're doing is absolutely fabulous. Um and I don't know how he's finding time to do it because his Instagram is gold. It's just him like it's either him at amazing events and being like, look, I met all these cool kids and stuff. Or it's like him just fucking about in the kitchen at restaurants. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm like, are you not meant to be a professional wrestler? Do you not have like a really busy schedule? I don't, yeah. But the, the prime time players in New Day, I would quite happily watch them feud forever because the two teams play off each other perfectly. Um, it, they just work really well together and their gimmicks mesh really well together. Um, and I also think what's what's great with the current incarnation of the primetime players is they are making the millions of dollars and kind of like having really nice suits and stuff. They're making that work while being baby faces, which is that's kind of hard to make that gimmick work as baby faces, but they're making it work perfectly. Uh, so yeah, I, I just love them. I love both teams. Um, who I do not love at the minute is Bray Wyatt. Have we ever said anything good about Bray Wyatt's booking in the past year and a half of this show? Well, just like a, a year ago last yeah. week, I think. Yeah, something like that. But yeah, yes, I but uh, yeah I know. But the, the thing is, does anyone actually understand Bray Wyatt's character? I thought the the start of the feud with Roman Reigns was perfect, and I kind of spotted it before it happened. They played the commercial in Raw with Roman Reigns and his daughter at the tea yeah. party. And I, f- I was thinking to myself, that's out of place. That should not be there. Yeah. That that's shouldn't have been there. And then when I seen the Bray Wyatt promo later, I was like, genius. Yeah. This is what Bray Wyatt should be doing. It's the psychological games. It's making it personal with Roman Reigns. I think Reigns. it's working so much better uh, than it has with anyone else since maybe John Cena because he's... Yeah, because as you say, he's really playing it. He's he's really fucking with his head. Yeah, but it's to me, it's kind of faded a little bit the past few weeks. But I thought that the start of that feud to that is this is going to be the the best that Bray Wyatt feud yet. I think yeah, uh, I think it probably has been. I think it's been it probably, very good. It's been very good. I don't think Reigns has sold it as well as he could have. I, I don't. Do you know I what? Do you know what? Feel... The, the one thing that really would have sold it to me, and it would have made it a brilliant feud. Reigns does his normal entrance at Battleground. Mm. If he didn't, if it was just Reigns fucking charging the ring and beating the crap out of Wyatt, which is what it should have been, because it should have been like you're threatening my fucking family. Like it should have been like that. Yeah. And instead, it was a wrestling match. Yeah. And that wasn't what I wanted. I didn't no. want a wrestling match. I wanted a straight up brawl. 
And I think also that would have been a much better uh, way to bring Luke Harper back. Mm. Um, because I think if it is a straight up brawl and like Wyatt is just getting the snot being out of him, like if Reigns is not even going for covers, if it's just Reigns taking him to bits, um, because I think that A, that would establish Reigns' like pure power credentials, which is definitely something they want to do more of. And B, I think it would also just uh, be a proper heel move for Luke Harper to come back. And that's the only way Wyatt could get it done at all was because he was like, getting the shit beaten out of him. And Luke Harper reappeared and managed to get like a, a chair shot or something in. Like that would be great. But uh, yeah, that's that's the only thing that really disappointed me was that Reigns just didn't go, just didn't go all out on him, like from if, the bell. If he had, then this feud would uh, still be, be quite hot. I think. Yeah. To me, to me, it's tapered off after that match. Cause... Yeah, but I think if that was it, if if it was like, but I don't, I don't think that's Bray's side of it. I think that's more Roman's side of it. Yeah, I just, I, I, I feel like Roman should have came out and like stabbed him if it. But I, I think that's just like bad booking as well. Yeah, it's just like the the guys in the like the road agent just not putting together the match in a compelling way. Yeah, like you want that match to be, you don't want that match to be a match. You, I would have been fine with that. Just being a no. I know that they wouldn't have had a no contest because the main event was a no contest at Battleground. But it could have went four minutes for a disqualified, but they just beat the shit out of us. Or do you know, like, not even a no contest, like, the match doesn't even start. Yeah. Like, because I don't feel like Roman. Bray Wyatt, to this, Roman Reigns should. This should be, like, the defining moment in Roman Reigns, in a way, because you would yeah. see him reacting to a situation they've been in. And also, feel, I, don't, I don't really feel like he's reacting to it in the right way. No, but the thing is as well is like it also would fuel Wyatt higher if mm. you've got if Reigns beats the crap out of him and Wyatt kind of does uh, this is what I wanted thing that he's done before. You know that he's, he's done that with Cena yeah. a little bit and with Daniel Bryan a little bit. It's like this is what I wanted from you. This is what I wanted to see. This is what I'm so happy I've brought out of you because that keeps Wyatt hot and fucking scary. And like a guy that is happy that he got the shit beaten out of him and it keeps Reigns hot because it keeps him looking strong and that he like, oh yeah, he still only got beat because the Carper came back, but it was kind of a fairly evenly matched affair before then. And I don't want, I wouldn't want it to be like Luke Harper comes back and tips the scales. I would rather it was uh, Luke Harper comes back and like saves Wyatt from the beating of a lifetime which I think is a much more interesting way to go with it. Mm. Um, and the thing is, well, there's a rumor that they're going to pair someone else with Wyatt. And I think if they're going to, that would have been the time to do it. Have Luke Harper and someone else come back both in hoodies with the hoods up. Like they did, Cause it kind of felt a bit weird. Where it was just Luke Harper with a hood up. Mm. Like if it had been Luke Harper and another guy uh, with both with a hood up, that would have been great. And the rumour is it might be Adam Rose. Yeah. Because Adam Rose kind of played uh, his Leo Kruger gimmick down in NXT. Mm. Was very similar in a number of ways to what Wyatt is. Like, totally fine with that. Yeah, yeah. if if they shift him back to that kind of... If they shift him away from being Adam Rose... Because they, they just had that weird pretty gimmick was the last thing he was doing. Like, I'm so beautiful gimmick. That was kind of weird. Yeah. 
that's an interesting point about the White family is also they've had this like it's a cult gimmick. Like yeah. Bray Wise leader of a cult. But you've not had anyone actually convert. You've only had the two members of the White family that came with him. Like he's supposed to be the leader of this massive cult and they've not really they did a lot with the Daniel Bryan thing, but they've not had anyone properly convert yet. No. Which to me seems like it would be something you would have done by now. No, exactly. You kinda of need that. You need um You need to, to to appear like Bray Wyatt is having an effect. Yeah, exactly. Because, because at the moment Bray Wyatt is just moving from feud to feud to from Undertaker to Ryback to Roman Reigns to whoever it was before Reigns, I can't even remember. Like but you don't but, oh, yeah, it's remember. it's just like feels like he's just moving from feud to feud and he's not having an no. effect you, on anything. No. You don't need to give him a big group. Just like three or like start him out with Harper comes back, give him another guy, and then maybe like one other guy past that. And I think that would be cool. I'd be fine if he got three guys and then because then you can also be like he's trying to recruit people, not mm. like not just like he's fucking with people, like because at the minute it's all he kind of does the I'm trying to make you better type thing, but not for any reason. Where if he's kind of recruited a couple of guys, and he's like, I want to make you like them, I want to make you like whoever, like Adam Rose, like I want to make you, I want to make you come to my side. Um, then that kind of makes it feel like there's stakes, it makes it feel like there's some reason to be invested. Mm. Uh, if, even if person he's feuding with like has some sort of character development throughout the feud yeah but they come out with more depth or slightly different afterwards well that's why it would have been perfect if Reigns had come in and beat the shit out of him yeah and it, we, 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 we had the tease we've seen and it never happened and i don't think there's not really been an interest no. in why it feud since then that no. i can at least so, remember yeah it, it, if, if they just yeah if they kind of moved Reigns, even temporary, even just for that one match away from being such like a perfect baby face, it would have been great. Yeah. It's a missed opportunity for me and I don't like that Ambrose is involved and then Ambrose is kind of feuding with Big Show as well and uh, it doesn't feel like there's a... Dean Ambrose has got a lot on his plate. He's a busy man. He's not like Owens. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Kevin Owens is feuding with about nine people at the moment. He's feuding with like half of NXT and several guys in the main roster. He's feuding with William Regal currently. And I'm like, what? Okay. Well, just on the main roster, it's Rusev. It's it's Cesaro. And Cena. Cena might be finished. Uh, He had a little little couple of week thing with Neville. Yeah. Uh, and then, and so, someone always points out uh, on uh, Reddit. Michael Cole. Uh, Michael Cole. Um, someone always points out on Reddit that, uh, well, no, Byron Saxton more than Michael Cole. I fucking hates Byron Saxton. <laughs> um, but someone always points out on Reddit as well that like him and Dean Ambrose had a bit of a stare down one backstage. So there's something there. Yeah. And then NXT is like Sami Zayn, Hideo Itami, William Regal, Samoa Joe, I uh, probably some Finn, Finn, Finn Balor, like oh, Jesus Christ, dude, like oh, I I I think it's just part of Owen's inevitable attempt to feud with the entire human race, <laughs> except kids. Apparently, quite he's he's good with kids. 
Yeah, he likes kids and he likes zoos. These are the two things Kevin Owens likes. Mm. Um, apparently, yeah, he's he's really so. <laughs> he must like El Torito then. Yeah, <laughs> but I've seen like a number of things from him where it, like where fans have met him with their kids out and about, and he kind of stays heel character, but like really tones it down and is really good with the kids. Like friend, like uh, saw some kid in a Sami Zayn shirt or a John Cena shirt and kind of gave him a little bit of shit about it, but in a nice way. Mm. Um, I think that's cool that he he knows how to like stay in character but still fuck with people. Oh, the entire cast are tough enough. Oh yeah. Um, from the San Diego Comic Con, buried all of t- <laughs> all of the tough enough cast by saying that like a six year old kid was tougher than them. That was amazing. <laughs> Um, also, him at San Diego Comic Con was why he's a perfect heel. It, like here, when Sami Zayn talked about how his arms better, and just the sarcastic applause from Kevin <laughs> Owens is amazing. Um, and Sami Zayn saying really positive—it's a little tiny things. Sami Zayn is saying positive stuff, and if you watch Kevin Owens, well, Sami Zayn saying all this positive stuff, Kevin Owens has his head in his hands. As <laughs> um, it's the tiny things like that that are just absolutely perfect. I can't ever imagine him as a babyface. No, he can't go babyface. No, ever. No. He's he's just perfect to see He's absolutely perfect. Mm. So where do you see Wyatt and Reigns going after this? This is the thing. That, is it going to go kept... past SummerSlam? See, this is the thing. I don't really see where the feuds are going. Like, Sheamus and Orton, it's going nowhere. I know that. That's Wyatt, yeah. Wyatt and, Wyatt and Reigns, I don't see where it's going. Uh, Amber's Big Show. There's no point in that. Ambrose Big, Ambrose Big Show is throwing some stuff together because uh, Ryback got injured. Well, Ryback got yeah. a staph infection. Or even Cena and Rollins, that's just kind of thrown together as well. Yeah, a lot of stuff feels like it's just in a holding pattern till SummerSlam. Which it seems to happen every year. Yeah. So surely you should have things mapped out like a year in advance. This I is think, where this well, guy's going, this is where this guy's going. I know. I kind of know where Reigns will end up. Oh yeah, we, all, we all know where Reigns is going eventually. We, we know where he's going to end up, but I don't really feel like I know where anyone else is kind of ending up. Yeah. Which is, I'd, I like to oh. be able to, I don't know if it's just, just me, but I kind of like to see the path and the, that we're going on. Yeah. I like to know that there's something coming and it's not just for, we need a match for this show. It's just, yeah, it does just very much feel, like a lot of this stuff feels like uh, house show programs. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, oh, we just sling two guys together, it'll be fine. Like, you can't do that, guys. You kind of need a, a thing. Yeah, th- there's a lot of good stuff in the doing now, but there's a lot of stuff that's just making me watch for all, like, eh. It's just like, eh, but why, I'm not bored about this at all. No. It just it's, it's, it doesn't feel, if it, it feels like if they're not going to bother, why should we? Yeah. But it's... the one department they are bothering in is the women's division now. Like Divas, they seem to actually... With the Divas Revolution, where they bought Becky Lynch, Charlotte, and Sasha Banks up on one night, feels like they are actually giving a shit. That was an absolutely phenomenal segment. Yeah, I can't think of any women's segments or many that are up there with that. Just there's a few. There's a few that come to mind, but in terms of things, I like... I can't think of a single segment that has changed the face of the roster more in one go. In terms of the women, no way. I don't think even in terms of the men. In just in terms of like changing the face of what is happening right now entirely revamping like what's going on um like, i can't think i can of, think it, of a few moments like that but 
but not in from terms of, in terms of but, but also like not not necessarily from a debut. I can't think of like a debut that has not just shifted like the top feud, but shifted the entire picture of what is going on. Mm. Like made you reconsider and like cast existing characters in a brand new light. Like maybe like the invasion did that a little bit. What I'm more, what I'm thinking of is about the same thing as you. Was actually the two men power trip. Was the two so, like the night after WrestleMania when Triple H joined up with Austin and Oh yeah, Japan? yeah, that's true. That's pretty good. That's kind of the thing that's popping in my head. There's a couple more like that, but yeah, yeah. Actually, I guess the the invasion probably was a bigger deal, and that did really shift stuff. But yeah, this this is a great. Just I we definitely haven't had anything, mate. Actually, do you know the last time we really had something like this was when the Nexus debuted, and obviously that was a bigger deal. But like, that's the last time I can think of something that just felt like it was such a dramatic shift in what's happening. Mm. Um, and it really has. It's just completely turned the entire division on its head in a really good way. Uh, and we just and, and the thing about it that like is that you, in a way, you feel like WWE's hand was forced by those three women. It's like they were doing so much good in NXT, they couldn't not bring them up, and they couldn't not give, make them the focal point of the women's division. Yeah, exactly. Like, there's absolutely no way you can just leave those three girls down there. Yeah. With the 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 garbage that the Bellas are putting out, and Alicia Fox. Yeah. It's just I don't know. Everything they're doing is, it's just brilliant. Yeah. Um. My opinion of like Becky Lynch turned around a lot, and there was I, a fatal really four way. Lynch. I didn't at first, and then there was a fatal four way match, and then there was the one on one match with Sasha Banks. Also, which you... was um, absolutely incredible. So that's totally turned my opinion around of them. Also, her her submission, the armbar, is my favorite out of the three submissions. Yep, like it's... obviously the um. Like the figure eight looks the best, but the the arm bar just looks the most legit. Like the ar- the arm bar just looks fucking horrible. That's what I think is missing from a lot of things. Is just the realness. Yeah, but I, f- I think it's because I watch UFC. I watch every UFC card, which well, yeah, I just pick, well, it's about, it's because... it's about twice a week. When you feel like a, a move is real, then yeah. it puts over so much more like. I don't like the figure eight because I feel like it's totally convoluted and it doesn't it doesn't really make much sense. Yeah, that's why I think that the bank statement is good because that looks like it would hurt, like she's wrenching your back and your neck at the same time. Oh yeah, that doesn't look a lot of fun. But the the ar- yeah the armbar just because it's just putting so much pressure on your joints looks fucking horrible. And it, oh, yeah. it also yeah, it's, it's just you look at it and you're like. Yeah, that's not the way an arm is meant to be. Yeah. Like, you can you can see it, and you can see like, yeah, that's arm. Um, no, arms aren't meant to do that, are they? That looks horrible. Uh, yeah, and that's what like more so than anything like the STF or anything like that. Um, I hate the STF. It's horrible. Did you notice that John Cena tightened up on it and roll after Seth Rollins broke his nose? Uh. <laughs> he totally got out of it and just fucking wrenched his neck yeah. right back. I was like, yes, do that every time. The ones, the ones you had on Owens were awful, just yeah. awful. They're just like I can, like I can see a gap between your forearms and his chin. 
this Can looks terrible. Move his head around. Like this looks terrible. Whereas when he was doing it on uh, on Lesnar last year, where Lesnar told him, I think that's just something like, if you don't tighten up, I'm just going to break out of it. <laughs> um, like that's just yeah, just hold it tight. It's not a problem. Like you, if you can't do it safely, make that not your submission. If you can't lock it in tight and safe, then don't like pick a different submission. Um, uh, since we mentioned last night, I suppose we should talk about last night taker, which is the, that is the, the top tier feud right now. And it's fucking amazing. And I was blown away. Like, yeah, battleground was pretty cool to see Taker come back. Whatever. That was fine. It was cool. It was fine. Fucking raw. Raw was out of this. Oh man. Those are the best raw segments we've seen in a long time, I think. Well, I thought the return itself at Battlegrounds was phenomenal because the crowd's completely lost. The, the crowd lost shit. it, but I just thought the next night. The, the Brawl and Raw was the best thing on Raw for a, God long, knows a how long time. I have not seen a Brawl. Oh, I don't know, actually, maybe since. No, I kind of like the. Cena Lesnar was a good one. No, I, to be fair, I did like the car being destroyed, though. If we're talking pure segments, oh, yeah. I think the car being destroyed was the last really good segment. Because that was just awesome, um, but if we're talking the best brawl, this is the best brawl they've had in because they don't really do brawls anymore. Um, and, and also, this felt very real. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. Um, like the reality of it, and also it's the fact that if you watch it back, right, um, Taker is so kayfabe that he is just clubbing dudes in the head in a like. If you like, no, you're meant to be restrained. If you're not holding my arm back, I'm going to hit you in the fucking head, kind of way. Yeah, uh, it's like uh, the guy at the session. He's yeah. just standing in the corner. Now he's just starts pummeling him for no reason. It's just like, hold on to my fucking arm. Oh, and what Brock Lesnar was doing to that, those fake uh, security guards, he was beating the shit yeah. out of them. But, the, and the thing was, you know, there's a personal issue between them. Yeah, in real life there was at one point. It's probably well, there's, there's, the, point. there's the but whole there's thing that. from uh, the from when Brock was in UFC and Taker was there, mm. and Brock walks past him and Taker goes, "Do you want to do this?" Yeah, you're like, "Oh fuck, yep." Uh, so, wow, those guys, man, man. I'm they're... not. I'm not excited for the match. I'm excited for the builder. Yes, but you, um, the other thing I think that's really interesting about this. Is this has seen the authority shift more towards neutral figures? And mm. um, we kind of saw it with Stephanie and the women's stuff as well, but I think here as well, where Triple H doesn't come out as a heel guy who's doing anything. Triple H comes out and separates them because he wants them on pay per view for money. Mm. Like he doesn't want them on TV. He wants them in, in the in the Barclays Center for a fuck ton of money. Mm. which is great and i wish more big matches were built up that way that he's like no guys i want you on I, I like because he kind of, didn't he say it explicitly backstage with steph in a segment where mm. steph where he, stephanie is talking about how she's gonna get marketing to start doing stuff for it and that's mm. great that's exactly what you want like you want that that's how you get a big fight feel that's how you keep a big fight feel going because they're really good at getting a big fight feel going on a pay-per-view i think but they're not good at building it up and this oh. is really it like having pretty much the entire roster there try to separate these guys and not being able to separate them is brilliant and there's a little twist on it 
like Brock hopping out of the ring and then just running around the edge and mm. taking Taker out from the outside of the ring. That's a great moment because you don't you haven't seen that before, and it just again it sold the realism to me because you're like just Brock going, all right, well if I can't get through these guys, I might as well go around them. It's it's kind of such an obvious thing, right? Mm. But for him to actually do it, it just looked awesome, um, and also just screaming at each other. Screaming at each other. Uh, like I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna kill, kill you. You'll have to. Yes. That, that was perfect. And that was like, yeah, I want to see this match. Yeah, I'll, yeah, give me this. I would like to see this very much, please. I the the only downside is you feel that Brock is not really going to unleash on a guy who is fifty. <laughs> and who he almost killed the last yeah. time the wrestled. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm really excited for the brawls. I'm, and I enjoyed the brawls and everything. Yeah. But I don't see the match being any better than the WrestleMania. I do. Obviously, obviously Taker was concussed in that. I do think though, if this match, the way you book this is the same way that, although it's not going to happen, if you if Austin was actually going to come back from a match against Brock at WrestleMania, you book it in the same way. You don't book it as a match. You book it as a brawl. You just book it as a straight up brawl. And you don't have Brock go in and suplex Taker. You just have them beating the shit out of each other. And I'd be fine with that. Like, I'd be fine with these two guys pretty much just boxing. Like, Mm -hmm. because these are two guys who can, they've got working punches that look like they, I'm pretty sure their working punches do hurt. I'm pretty sure they're not pulling their punches, at least with with each other. Like, you kind of feel that Brock and Taker don't need to pull punches with each other. You just feel like, nah, just fucking hit me, it's fine. <laughs> um but yeah, this is this to me is probably the best top tier feud we've had in a long time. And yeah. it's awesome and it feels in the in what is commonly described as the reality era, this feels like reality. This feels like this is just two guys who straight up do not like each other. Uh and it's definitely been a while since i've really felt that it's definitely been a while since you felt like there's no i mean yeah Heyman cut a promo and yeah take a cut a promo but this doesn't feel like a war of words like no. this doesn't feel like they're trying to out promo each other this just feels like they want to beat the crap out of each other uh and i am very much on board with that and if they can keep that going like that if they can keep a feeling that these are two guys who just want to get at each other, then I back that a hundred percent. Like, do you remember occasionally the attitude where they'd have the thing that was like, if you two lay lay hands on each other before the match, the match is off. Yeah, they like Triple H needs to needs to like put that down. He say if you touch each other before SummerSlam, you're not getting each other. Um. And I, I kind of want that because that just ramps the tension up. Uh, and also what I like here is technically, if you look at traditional wrestling booking here, Undertaker is the heel because he, he cost Brock Lesnar his title shot against the top heel in the company. So that makes Taker heel, right? And a kicked him in the ball. Yeah. But neither of them feel heel in this feud and neither of them feel face. This is not a good guy, bad guy thing. No. This is two guys who don't like each other and they want to just knock the shit out of each other. And I'm fine with that. It's going to be awesome. Uh, and the only thing that to me would make this better is if they just went 
um if they booked it as a street fight but then didn't like book it as but then if they if they don't put it together as a weapons heavy street fight they just book it as a street fight because they know these two guys just want to beat the crap out of each other and it's not really gonna be a match mm. i'm fine with that i'm i'm fine with like um take it backstage like they used to in the attitude era like street fights used to go backstage properly do that like have have taker just throwing brock into equipment cases and stuff that's gonna look cool mm. and i think <laughs> at this year's wrestlemania taker had a good match with riot uh, Wyatt. it was it was really good but you could see the limitations there and i think that the year before they didn't expect those limitations to be on taker no. But he was facing Wesley the first time. But the difference is, apparently, he's been doing CrossFit now. He looks in good shape for a fifty-year-old. Yeah, uh, he, he looks he in better looks, shape than I've ever been in. He looks, he looks about, well, he looks in better shape than he did at WrestleMania as well, I think. Yeah. Um, uh, and there's, yeah, apparently, there's rumors where the people are saying he's been doing CrossFit, and there's also a photo of him training with uh, Triple H's like strength and fitness coach. Mm. Um, so that's interesting. That it's, it's interesting and. Hopefully it'll lead to a bit better movement out of him. Yeah, that's all you really need. Like, because well, he doesn't need to be super agile. He just needs to be able to move around the ring. Because he's never... He used to be... For a guy his size, he was agile. But he doesn't need to be that anymore. He just needs to be able to move enough to get a good fight going. Yeah. And I would like to see that. They need to book it in a way that it'll hide Taker's obvious flaws. And that's why... Even, I, even in a way, Lesnar's flaws. That's, that's kind of why... That's kind of why I think a brawl is the way to go. Yeah, Lesnar can't have a straight-up match. We've seen that that doesn't really work against a guy like Undertaker. Yeah. So I'll work against Cena if you're going to have the squash match. It works against Rollins because he's a smaller guy. It doesn't work against Undertaker, who is the baddest dude I've ever had. Yep. Because that's what I felt about the take the WrestleMania match. It wasn't really booked in a way that made tons of sense. Because mm. you never really, and I probably was a concussion, you never really got the fight back from Undertaker. Which didn't really, but it was probably because he was injured. So I'd like to see a more even match this time. I really would. I... But the thing is, about this time, I don't know who'll go over. And I, I, I like that. It's the first time in a long time I feel like I don't know who'll win. Yeah. I I completely agree. I've got no idea. But. It's going to be fucking good to find out. Hopefully. Anyway, that's going to wrap it up, I think. I think that is kind of everything we found. Like we said, we couldn't find much going on, but that's like uh, over an hour of, of chat about things. Since April. Since April. But, uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, well. Hopefully we're going to get Taker at Survivor Series as well. So that'll be pretty sweet. Um, Thanks his final run. I think this is I think this is his run into WrestleMania 32 and then he's done. In Texas. WrestleMania 32 in Texas, he's done, man. That's yeah. like they want Taker because they need to sell out 100k. Like Take, Taker's thing. Yeah. I uh, I think I don't want to see it, but I think I, take, for the build, like I think Taker's thing at Survivor Series, Taker Kane at WrestleMania. No. Because no no no. 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 Taker Kane at WrestleMania, dual retirement. No. It, no. For me, that's just how it has to end. That. No. You, you, you haven't followed the other K matches over the years. No, have I you? have. I have. And they're not great matches. They progressively matches, got but... worse and 
But for me, that would just be a good end. Alternatively, because there's one guy who he hasn't done it with at WrestleMania. Yeah. Yeah, take a scene at WrestleMania. That would not be great, but it would sell tickets. And my opinion of Cena has changed a lot in the past year, so I think he could make that work. Yeah. But I, I still think in terms of the build and for tickets, it's got to be Sting. Yeah, but I guess. I don't, this, a Sting Undertaker match will not be good. That's the thing. It's like I think a, uh, a Taker Cena match would be an interesting match. I don't think. That's why I would rather see Taker Sting at Survivor Series. Mm. Because it's A, it's not your big show of the year. And mm. B, if they can put on a really good match, then you just book that. Because you can work scenes with something else. He's seen it. You can work with anyone. Um, and like if they put on a great match at Survivor Series, you put them on to get at WrestleMania. But if they, like, if I think you could do it as a trial run. Because I think if it's going to be Taker's retirement match, you want it to be something amazing. Yeah. Anyway, that's going to wrap it up. Um, you can go to bygod.tumblr.com to get all the previous stuff we've ever done. You can get us on Twitter at, at bygodblog. You can get me on Twitter as HalPro. You can get uh, Colin as Bar66. That's Bar with two R's. Um, hopefully we'll be back soon. I don't know if we could do one more before... Probably won't do one before SummerSlam, right? Probably do one after SummerSlam, I would guess, but I'm not sure. Yeah. Yeah. Probably after. Yeah. Probably do after. Let's see where we are at that point. Because we kind of... Um, uh, I guess maybe we might do one for something depending on what the card is because we don't know what the card is at the minute. But like we you can make a pretty decent guess and we've okay, we'll all right. It's going to be quick, quick guess at the card. Taker versus Lashley was confirmed. Cena versus Rollins probably. Um, prime time players versus the New Day almost certainly. I think that'll be like a fourteen match. Oh, okay, who else? What's Matadores and that other team that they've got? Whatever the Ascension. Oh. No, no, no! Sorry, Witcher Dragons. Witcher okay, Dragons. that's fine. Sorry. That's fine. Oh, I was about to put a sentry on a title match here. Maybe Ryback will be back from his maybe. staff infection, so I see title match with someone. Um, Rose and Reigns versus Wyatt. Yeah. Oh, and also the um. Orton. Orton Sheamus. Stardust and Stardust and Neville. Stardust Neville or Stardust and. Uh, Amal, the guy from Green Arrow. Yeah. Like that, I think he's going to be involved in some way and that's going to be cool. Um, and the women. And what if they, they do with the Divas? Tri- triple threat, maybe. Triple uh, threat tag match. Yeah, something like that. Um, It's going to be cool, regardless. Uh, all right. But yeah, I think that's probably roughly it. US title, Cesaro, Rusev, probably, if assuming Cena drops the belt. Big Show Miz, maybe, or Big Show... Oh, uh, fuck knows where that. Who don't know what's happened uh, there. Well, Big Show Miz will probably be... If Ryback's back, they'll be involved in that, because that was what was meant to be at Battleground, so... Yeah. Um. Anyway, that's going to do it for now. Say goodbye, Colin. Goodbye.